Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Bridge Bank. Today's Wednesday, September 9th. Tech stocks are back up, the number of U.S. troops in Iraq is going down, and we're wondering what happens if there isn't a vaccine. It seems to be an article of faith right now that at some point soon, we will have a vaccine for COVID-19. Maybe before the election, maybe after, but certainly by this time next year. It's the reason why no one is talking about empty classrooms or football stadiums in September 2021. But here's the thing. Making a vaccine is very, very hard work. And historically, a large percentage of biotech efforts don't succeed. In fact, one reason pharma companies say drugs cost so much is because that money helps offset all of the money spent on failed efforts. We were reminded of this sobering fact yesterday afternoon when Stat News reported that AstraZeneca has quietly paused clinical trials for its COVID-19 vaccine after a patient appeared to come down with a rare but serious neurological condition. To be clear, this doesn't mean the AstraZeneca vaccine is a bust. In fact, Stat later reported that this was the second time its trials have paused. But vaccines reaching phase three are no sure bets, particularly given that almost all of the efforts right now, including by Moderna and Pfizer, are leveraging the same so-called spike protein, which is kind of like the key in a key and lock system. If introducing the spike protein were found to result in an adverse side effect, then pharma's collective effort could have many more troubles than just one sick patient. The bottom line, the glass does remain more than half full, but it's not spilling over. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Stat News reporter Adam Feuerstein, who helped break the AstraZeneca news. But first, this. We're joined now by Adam Feuerstein, a senior writer at Stat News. So, Adam, you guys were the ones yesterday who broke news on the AstraZeneca temporary halt of its COVID vaccine trial. When you first learned that they had stopped the process, what was your initial reaction? We were surprised. The tip came into us that patients who were getting ready to be injected in the U.S.-based study of AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine, they were getting called back from the hospitals asking them to reschedule. And so we knew that something was going on. We weren't really sure what. So obviously we started doing some reporting and that's when we had learned about this adverse event that happened to this patient in the UK, which kind of triggered this global pause in their clinical trials. And this adverse reaction is something we think called transverse myelitis, which is an inflammation of the spinal cord. Is that something that otherwise has been linked to the coronavirus? It can be caused by viruses. So whether or not it's caused specifically by COVID-19 is not something that I'm aware of or know. But, you know, it's a rare condition. It has been associated with some vaccines in the past. Again, it's very rare. It can be triggered by viral infections. It's a serious condition. It causes muscle weakness, paralysis, pain. Patients can recover from it. And so as we're recording this, I actually just posted a new story where the company's CEO was on a conference call where he did confirm that this patient was diagnosed with symptoms that were consistent with transverse myelitis. That diagnosis has not been confirmed yet, but apparently she is recovering. It's a female and that she may actually be discharged from the hospital within a day. If you hadn't broken the story yesterday and no other reporter had broken the story yesterday, Would AstraZeneca have been having a media call this morning and announced this? 
No, absolutely not. What we were surprised by was how closely held this information is. This is the kind of thing, you know, when you think about it, these are global clinical trials so that when you start communicating with all the hospitals and the centers that are participating, that you're suspending enrollment, uh, you're pausing these studies, you know, that's news that tends to get out. We were sort of surprised that it hadn't gotten out before, that it had been information that had been very closely held. Is that a problem? Because it would seem, and tell me I'm wrong about this, because you follow the sector much more closely than me. But if AstraZeneca realizes there might, and I emphasize might, be a adverse side effect to its vaccine, it would seem to be the sort of thing that the other vaccine developers, Moderna and J&J and Pfizer, would now want to look through their data and make sure they hadn't seen a similar reaction in any of their patients. And based on our reporting, Dan, we've heard that that actually is what's happening, that the other drug makers who are developing COVID-19 vaccines are looking through, you know, are getting their data safety monitors to look at the patients that are participating in their clinical trials to make sure that they're not seeing similar cases. So far, we have not heard from any other drug makers that this has popped up. When you say that, is your reporting that they already were? So in other words, AstraZeneca was back channeling that information or they're looking now because they know publicly? Based on our reporting, we've heard both. Can I ask just kind of more broadly, this news yesterday obviously sparked a lot of concern among a lot of people. Am I correct in saying, though, that really, to a certain extent, this reflects that the safety checks are working and that a temporary pause to a big clinical trial isn't terribly unusual in biopharma? No, that's exactly right, Dad. In some way, this is what you want to see happen. One of the reasons why you run these large clinical trials is to identify any potential safety risks that may crop up. You'd rather have it done in a clinical trial than when the vaccine is out in the general public and where millions of people could potentially receive the vaccine. I think this is sort of a normal thing. I mean, it's obviously not the thing that AstraZeneca wants to happen, but you know, you do the clinical trials, you know, you monitor the patients for these kinds of safety issues. And then when something like this happens, you investigate and you try to determine whether or not it was the vaccine that actually caused it or whether there was some other factor involved. One of the reasons that there's optimism, that there will be a vaccine in kind of record time to COVID-19 is the idea in part that you have so many different pharma companies that are taking you know, shots on goal, right? Usually it's just one or two companies. Now you've got so many. I'm curious though, within that, there seems to be that a lot of these companies while using different methods are all kind of targeting this so-called spike protein. Is that accurate? And if so, the analogy that kind of came to mind, if you had 20 chefs all preparing meals different ways, you'd think one of them is going to be really good. But if they're all using the same piece of rotten meat, that's not terribly helpful. That's true. And it's also a depressing thought because what you're basically saying is if they're using this target for the vaccine, if it's the wrong target, then we may not have any vaccines. Generally, people feel like people are confident that the target, that spike protein is the way to go. What difference is the technology that they're using to target that spike protein, right? So J&J and AstraZeneca and Moderna, you know, and Pfizer, they're all using various different ways to go about to create their vaccines. And that way there is some diversity. And you're right, we may see some of these vaccines are going to work, some may not work, some will be more effective, some will be less. The safety side effect profile of the vaccines could be different. That's all the kind of information that will be sussed out when we get the results of these clinical trials. We had Dr. Zeke Emanuel on, on the show yesterday, and we were talking about kind of the politics of vaccines and kind of how there's increased concerns that perhaps the Trump administration might try to push something, you know, ahead of the science. Are you confident from the industry perspective that when an application comes out, or certainly if something gets approved, that the company itself will get all the relevant data out there and will be kind of maybe over transparent? I think that for the most part, I think it's in the industry's interest to have the most data 
possible before there's an approval of a vaccine. I think in that respect, it seems somewhat counterintuitive because you often think of drug makers being very aggressive and wanting to get products to the market as fast as possible. And I think in this case, to some extent, they do. But I think they also understand and realize that the only way a vaccine for COVID-19 is going to be accepted by the public globally is if people are confident in its efficacy and its safety. And to do that, they have to collect as much information and data as possible. So I really do feel like the drug makers that we've spoken to, and I think they're doing their best to do that. Adam Forestine of Stat News, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Welcome back. What we're listening to today are new audio clips of conversations between President Trump and journalist Bob Woodward, ahead of Woodward's new book about the president's response to both the pandemic and the police protests. Specifically, this clip, taped on March 17th and published by CNN, in which Trump seems to admit to misleading the American people. I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. Woodward's book, called Rage, comes out next Tuesday. Today, we're also watching French luxury goods company LVMH, otherwise known as Louis Vuitton, which officially walked away from an agreement to buy U.S.-based jeweler Tiffany & Company for $16.2 billion. In short, LVMH is blaming a proposed U.S. tariff on French luxury goods for scuttling the deal, although Tiffany is expected to fight that argument in court. If you're wondering why the U.S. is considering such tariffs on France and Ally, well, it's in retaliation to France's decision to tax U.S. tech companies on revenue generated inside of France. And finally today, it seems that quarantine bubbles are no longer confined to the National Basketball Association. The Wall Street Journal reports that a similar structure is being used by some companies in the energy sector, and that now it's also showing up on some film and television projects, including a new Netflix movie starring The Rock. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national teddy bear day, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.